And welcome to the SEO podcast, Unknown Secrets of Internet Marketing. My name is Chris Burris, one of the owners here at EWR Digital. And my name is Zach Bertress. I'm the lead. I can't even say my name today. I've been working so hard. Uh, Did my you change your name? <laughs> and I am the lead strategist of EWR Digital. Are you sure? <laughs> I think so. Yes, today I am. Yes. <laughs> last, last I checked. Welcome back to another fun-filled edition of our podcast. This is podcast 549, give or take. I don't know. I'm going to say... <laughs> Our accuracy is probably give or take three. Um, I think I think we're that good, which is not bad. Like that's the uh, that's the uh, more well, accurate. We, we like are 90. sponsored by SpyFu, so there's that. <laughs> yes, SpyFu understands there's value in this podcast, and they have sponsored yet another episode. So we're excited. We'll talk about them here in just a second. Um, before we do that, I've got a couple reviews. Um, first off is from Ashley Loma. Uh, and she just gave us five stars. Five I'll take stars. it. And then next we've got Charles Coleman. Uh, it says throughout my career, I've worked with numerous digital companies, but I can honestly say that working with EWR digital is a completely different experience. Uh, that is far less frustrating overall. Our new site was beautifully designed and the CMS platform that supports it is incredibly user-friendly, simple to use and reasonably priced. Each time you need to make changes, there are quick to complete tasks, professional, simple to deal with and innovative. I think simple to deal with can, keeps coming back up. Additionally, they are incredibly inexpensive as compared to other agencies um this we're is raising our prices we're raising our prices <laughs> at the end of the year i'm just letting everybody know all right we're raising our prices at the end of the year we're doing a lot of uh, more enterprise level stuff chris yep uh and so um well charles really finished it by saying i fully support them and their efforts patif to you charles uh we really appreciate you and uh just a teaser because i think matt is going to chat a little bit uh the article we're covering is why brand awareness is the fifth pillar of seo i think we've got some room for debate there uh by uh, wilson lau patif to wilson and um you yeah. know what we can it's commercial time unless you got something something else to say no, let's 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 get into it. Spy foo S P Y F U F U dot com. Uh there's not two S P Y F U dot com. Uh SEO marketing suite. It's a PPC analyzer. There's historic data, there's competitive analysis, there's backlink outreach, there's unlimited keyword and domain projects with custom reporting. That's worth saying again, unlimited domain and keyword projects. Uh, with custom reporting. It's an amazing tool. Here, here's a, actually a testimonial, an amazing tool to dominate your competition. Who doesn't want to do that? Uh, there are so many awesome features that have given us an advantage over our competition. Uh, that is spyfu.com. You look frozen there for a second. So I'm going to keep on going. Um, so make sure to go check out spyfu.com. I don't know if we have a discount with spyfu.com. Uh, there, Matt needs to get me some some content. And then while we're waiting for Matt to unfreeze, maybe he's doing that on purpose. Uh, I was watching a movie the other day where the guy would just like freeze, and they'd be like, "What are you doing? Is that is that on purpose?" Um, 
please connect with us, youtube.com forward slash best SEO podcast. Also connect with us, instagram.com forward slash the, T-H-E, the best SEO podcast. And then also connect with us on tiktok.com forward slash the at symbol best SEO podcast without the the in it. Go ahead and connect with us. You're back, Matt. Yeah, so I don't I don't know. Hopefully it was recording. Um, right now, we, we probably should have got started sooner because uh, now uh, bandwidth around my house is getting, uh, I think, crazy. So apologize. <laughs> no worries. Um, anything to add about SpyFu before we move on to this article? It's awesome. Um, certainly, we're, we're using it for uh, paid uh, keyword research, and they've added a ton of SEO-related tools. So I know in a lot of people's minds, uh, it's seen as a paid um, third-party listening tool, but I would check it out for uh, their SEO suite offering as well. They've been uh, adding a lot of functionality. They've been adding a lot of things to it. So uh, go check it out. They do have um, ability to like, get access for free uh, to try it out uh, at like a limited um, limited capacity. But it, it really is, is a great tool. Uh, it's very competitive with other tools. Um, I won't mention which tool it is, but there's a tool out there that they've taken a different direction with where they're spending all their time uh, and they haven't really put a lot into their tool anymore. And we've actually canceled services with that tool um, because we haven't seen them update stuff. So we're, we're really committed to working with the best platforms, best tools uh, that are continuously updating uh, their technology and creating great offerings for digital marketers. And SpyFu is one of those tools. Awesome. All right. Check it out. SpyFu.com. S-P-Y-F-U.com. Let's jump into this article. Why brand awareness is the fifth pillar of SEO. Again, by Wilson Lau. While the traditional SEO techniques work on non-branded search, they are ineffective on branded search. Learn how to grow branded search by embracing brand awareness as the fifth SEO pillar. Uh, let's get in. I, there's a, I, I don't well, know about you, Matt. I've got a little debate on this. Well, so, you know, when I was when I was reading through some articles, this one just really stuck out to me as a, a really interesting topic that I thought um, would have some debate in it. So I thought it would be a good one for for us to talk about live on the air. So. Yeah, and and if you go back and listen to the last podcast, we were covering an article by covering an article by Ryan Weber um, about getting quality backlinks, and one of the things that we said is put out content that is in a sense disruptive. I think that could be overused and and may not be appropriate here, but but that goes against the norm, and so a little calling, outside the box, Chris. Yeah, but focus on results. Yeah. <laughs> Gee, that sounds like a good slogan. That should be, oh, it's already there. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so let's kind of jump into this, right? Um, there's consistent techniques. The first four pillars, as he describes them, as, as Wilson describes them, are keyword and content, technical SEO, on-site SEO, off-site SEO. Interesting how he breaks these down. Let's just go through those four first as a refresher. The first four pillars are keyword and content. So content rules and keywords are the foundation of search and therefore keywords are the foundation of the content that you should be creating. A good piece of keyword optimized content is the building block of an SEO strategy. Um, you know, absolutely. And then the second piece, 
technical pillar, technical SEO. Uh, great content is insufficient if the website hosting doesn't have a sound technical foundation. Technical SEO covers areas like indexability, performance of the website. Google has developed a set of metrics called Core Web Vitals uh, to measure a web page's technical performance and usability. Technical is very important. Uh, number three, on-site SEO. So this is like site navigation, hierarchy, schema markup, page titles, meta descriptions, heading tags, and image alt tags are tools to create an easy to understand website and page structure for search engine crawlers and visitors. Uh, so that's on-site. And then finally, off-site is a website can't rank well on search engines if it lacks authority and doesn't garner trust in its subject domain. That is the fundamental premise of Google uh, inbound links uh, are votes for credibility. Um, all right, so let's talk a little bit about non-branded versus branded searches. Are you still frozen? You may be frozen, I don't know. Um, so for branded queries, they contain branded names in the search terms. So if you think about search terms or branded search terms that would be relevant to Apple, um, you know, the, the cell phone manufacturer, the computer manufacturer, that term would be Apple. Um, if you wanted to think about the, uh, if and other phrases that would uh, be the same are iPhone, iPad, MacBook. Those are branded phrases for Apple. Now, if you wanted to go to non-branded phrases that you might be using for Apple, you'd be looking for things like laptop, smartphone, and tablets. And just remember, branded searches are conducted by people looking for information, especially about your brand or your specific brand products. Again, non-branded queries, the examples, Apple, laptop, smartphone, tablet, According to SEMrush, more than half of search traffic to Apple's website comes from branded searches. So why are branded searches so important? Branded search traffic not only reflects the level of interest of a specific in a specific brand of that user, but also has higher commercial intent and higher conversion rate. This almost goes without saying, but is really the foundation of why Wilson is saying that branded search is, is a pillar. Right. So if we look at generally speaking, non-branded search traffic feeds the upper part of the marketing funnel, funnel and branded search traffic feeds the lower part of the funnel. A brand needs to grow both types of traffic. So that's going to be branded and non-branded to maintain a healthy and growing business. So I absolutely believe in this. And, and I know Matt does, too, that uh, let's read that one more time. A brand needs to grow both types of traffic to maintain a healthy and growing business. That's branded and non-branded traffic. Because really the growth of your branded traffic represents the fact that your brand is growing, that you are making people aware of your brand. And now they aren't just looking for the generic terms like laptop, smartphone, uh, tablet. They're actually looking for iPhone, MacBook, MacBook Pro. So you've been able to penetrate the market in a way that they're actually searching for you. And again, that intent is significantly higher. And we've been saying for quite some time that Google loves brands, right? And there's a number of reasons that Google loves brands. So one of them with their ability to understand what searches are, they obviously know how many searches are for MacBooks. They obviously know how many searches are for iPhones. Uh, and, and, there are for cell phones in general, he's back. Uh, and also for laptops in general, by understanding that they can get a weight, 
of, of, of clarity on how popular is this brand, right? If more people are searching for iPhones than any other type of phone, and you know that iPhone is a cell phone, and believe me, Google does know that those two are the same, or at, the, at least that the iPhone is a cell phone, then when somebody searches for cell phone, they're going to put them more prominently. They're going to put Apple more prominently because they're like, hey, more people are interested in the iPhone as a cell phone than in any other type of phone a Google Pixel or whatever. Um, so we're going to put them higher up when somebody searched for the more generic term. So that that certainly happens. Um, there are different traffic drivers. Jump in at any point if you want that. Uh, different traffic drivers for non-branded and branded searches. Uh, so search traffic is driven by two factors, keyword search volume and click-through rate on the search engine results pages. So that means your search traffic, your traffic that comes in from search is based on keyword search volume and click-through rate. It's pretty clear the whole reason we're talking about SEO is the higher your keywords rank, the higher the click-through rate you get. And according to uh, advanced web ranking, a position uh, number one on Google can have 38% of the click-through rate uh, drops to about 5% on position five. So you can only get about 5% of the of the searches in position five and stays around 1% for anything uh, below or after position one, 10. Um, I would, that sounds high to me. I think if they're going to the second page, they're probably doing a different search altogether. Uh, bearing that in mind, how do the four pillars of SEO contribute to a website search traffic? Um, well, let's revisit maximizing the aggregate keyword search volume, and then improving keyword ranking to achieve a higher SERP click-through rate. So uh, so again, if we're trying to, uh, how do the four pillars contribute to the search traffic? They help a website increase its traffic in two ways, maximizing the aggregate keyword search volume and improving keyword ranking. So the more keywords that you have on a good position, the more traffic you're gonna get, and then the more the better your ranking uh, the more traffic you're going to get. Branded search and non-branded search have very different traffic drivers. I don't know if you want to jump in at any point. Oh yeah, no, I was uh, I was on and off. I actually think I removed you at one point out of uh, the studio. I apologize. So out of spite. Really... Now, actually, I didn't have to get back in, so I think I stayed. No, no, well, I removed you and then I added you back in. Oh, so right. there might have been in when we pushed this out to everybody. I was saying such I brilliant things. <laughs> for the technical difficulties. Um, but Chris is doing a great job. Uh, I mean, he's he's been doing it 10 years, 10 years podcaster. We need to get you a little uh little little pen or a, something a like that. A little I need a little sticker pen to wear 10 year yeah. podcaster plus, right? Uh, actually, I think Chris, it's going on 12 years is actually uh, uh yeah. 10 years was last year, and so so you're well, probably 11 years. I think our um, first podcast was 2009, okay. right? So that would put uh, 2019 as 10 years. Oh, good, plus, good. Plus three, plus two and a half, we'll say. So 12 and All a right. half years. Mr. Hill said you never left, Chris. So that's good. That's oh, good. good. So I'm, I'm, I'm just jumping around over here. <laughs> um, it's no, funny because you freeze actually, and then, then you disappear and then you freeze and then you disappear. Yeah, no, for sure. So this has been great. Hey, this is cool for Nils on, on uh, LinkedIn. Well, what I would tell you is based on kind of some of the things that you said, and I don't want to go too far back to derail this, but um, there's there's a lot to talk about 
with branded searches versus unbranded search. Um, but I think the, the most important piece of data that you put out there is how important it is to be the first position in Google. Mm. Uh, a lot of times people say, oh, I made it to the first page and they move on to a new campaign. And many times they move on to a new campaign too quickly. Um, and also too, you know, it's a zero sum game. So if you're ranking for one position and then you focus your attention over here, it's kind of like a seesaw. And so we actually have a client that's not, uh, it's on our lowest tier of spending and we put them in first position uh, for keywords multiple times, but because it's a very competitive term and industry, he wants to shift the budget somewhere else without maintaining uh, going after that keyword or, or supporting that keyword. And then that starts falling. And then, you know, you fall out of the top three positions and then the leads drop off. Right. And so it's, it's a little bit of a seesaw because when you look at your site based upon the content expertise, where the kind of domain authority is, you can only rank for so many keywords. And so you don't want to stretch yourself too thin. And uh, I think that that's really important. Also something that Google is looking for, the more branded searches you have, uh, it's very valuable because Google's looking at you as a brand. So uh, I'm doing a couple campaigns right now where we're running radio ads and they drive a lot of branded search and it helps the metrics across the board. You might not be directly able to tie traditional like terrestrial radio to what's going on, but you're seeing it in the search volume and people talking about the brand across different channels and it helps support SEO. So there's this omni-channel approach where you get this multiplier effect when you use uh, different channels. And that's something you should really think about. Uh, branded searches, what we do see a lot is when people come to us, if they're not really doing SEO or they think they're doing SEO, uh, they, uh, they they're, they're ranking for their name and that's really it. There's no other strategies outside that but certainly that's the first strategy. And if you have uh, a term or a keyword that could get confused with something else, you want to dominate the SERPs uh, for, for what you're going after. For us uh, specifically, when we changed our name to EWR, Chris, do you know what the number one thing that EWR uh, stood for before we started uh, ranking for that? Airport. Yeah. New York airport. <laughs> yep. And so um, I remember our conversation about that. And it was like, you know what, if people want to associate us in terms of size with EWR as the Newark airport, I think I'm okay with that. And I was like, that's, that's a good decision. Like that's, that makes sense. Well, funny enough, we're going to open actually a satellite office in New York. And I was actually having a conversation uh, with Kevin and Andrus about that. And so uh, there's a crypto DAO uh, that has some co-working spaces. It's kind of the new thing after WeWork. And um, so so more to come there. Stay tuned, I guess. So. That's that's pretty cool. And, and I think what you're touching on um, will be the some of the wrap up. So let's let's kind of keep pushing through this article uh, that Wilson put together again. Why brand awareness is the fifth pillar of SEO. Let's talk a little bit about non-branded traffic drivers. So for non-branded search, a website can harvest a virtually unlimited amount of keywords and aggregated search volume. Yes, 
but they a lot of those unlimited imply you're going to definitely be getting into where uh it's uh it's not necessarily relevant to your business or there is no search volume uh, but yeah it's it's unlimited because you're not restricted to the brand um for branded traffic drivers your website is already ranked number one for your brand name you mentioned that already by the way if it's not or it should be right yeah, it's <laughs> or not. it should be and and, and if if that's not the case, and, and many times, if you haven't done any kind of fundamental SEO, uh, many times uh, your Facebook page or LinkedIn page, because they do do SEO and structure data and everything, will outrank you. And then even there's some articles out there, but it's really important for people if they want to find you to find you. Uh, yeah. When we talk about even like paid search, Chris, the, the, the idea of running paid traffic, if you're running a different kind of offer to change uh, the user experience to maybe direct them to an offer page. Uh, but certainly if people are searching for you, they need to be able to find you. That's the number one thing, right? And they yeah, gotta remember you, your name. You definitely so. want your site first so that you can at least do some email collection um, that gets rapidly out of your control when they're finding Facebook first or whatever. Yep. Um, all right. So the, the ranking is generally not an issue for the branded phrase, right? You're in position one. You're not going to do better than position one. Uh, the main level lever. Position zero. Of, <laughs> zero. We can zero. talk about that. <laughs> the main lever of branded search traffic is simply increasing your branded keywords search volume, right? So there's two components your rank position and how much volume there is. And if you want more branded traffic, you've got to change the volume. And so this is how to grow brand awareness and branded searches. That's what this article ultimately is about. Whether you want to call it a pillar or not, like I, I respect Wilson for doing that. That's pretty cool. Uh, to grow brand awareness and interest, you need to increase a brand's visibility to its potential customers, develop authority, and garner trust for the brand. To grow brand awareness at scale, marketers need to bring their brand to their potential customers. You can't just wait for them to come to you. There are plenty of tools in the digital marketing arsenal to help marketers build brand awareness, including advertising, influencer marketer, marketing, customer marketing, and digital PR. Customer marketing is a is one I didn't have the name uh, of before. Well, so Chris, I'm rereading uh, Seth Godin's uh, Purple Cow. Yeah. Uh, and it's just so powerful. Uh, some of the things he highlights and, and writes about, um, he was talking about how mass marketing doesn't work anymore. And, you know, mm. someone's not going to talk about a brown cow. Like everybody's seen a brown cow. No one, that's not newsworthy, right? Um, we're doing a lot more PR. We just did this Texans crypto thing. Uh, pretty cool. Um, Houston Texans. And uh, yeah, no one's going to talk about a brown cow. But a purple yeah. cow, okay, if you see a purple cow, you're going to tell a bunch of people are going to share it on social media. Yep. It's going to cut through the noise. It's Here I mean, in Texas. Dancing cows. You know, it's the Oreo cow. Huh? Here in Texas, it's the Oreo cow. Well, you know the I, Oreo cow? I mean, is that something that you would like share? Yeah. A so black and white put, cow? Let me put it away. So it's black on the front, black on the back, and it's got a white band in the middle. Have you okay, seen these? literally traffic will stop for these, right? So you're like, everyone's blowing through a two-way street, you know, okay, in, fair, in the, fair enough, fair in the enough. craziness of Texas. And then like, you're like, why is all this traffic? Like, why are the cars stopped? Because there's a field of Oreo cows. So yeah, I think people will talk about an Oreo cow. You could probably Google it. You could Google brown cow, nothing shows up. Oreo cow probably shows up something. 
Well, you know, it, it depends who your target audience is. Yeah. <laughs> right? it, it really depends. But but that's why personalized marketing, that's why target personas, that's why um, different mediums and different targets are so important. And that's why mass marketing doesn't work because, well, everybody, well, almost everybody has an iPhone or Android now, right? Almost everybody has a laptop or a computer in their home. Almost everybody has a toaster and a microwave. You can't mass market anymore. And that's why there's been this growth in digital marketing versus traditional marketing, because you can zero in on, on what you're wanting and you want to be something that people are talking about. And I yeah. think that that's the whole point is uh, you got to cut through the noise. I think there's something like 900 advertising messages that happen on a daily basis, right? So like you're getting hit with all this stuff. I'm getting hit with spam calls on my phone, on my uh, email. Like it's it's crazy. So how do you grab someone's attention? And and I think someone posted this on LinkedIn and gosh, I, I wish I could give credit to who it was, but they said, um, I think I took a picture of it. Let me find this, Chris. This is like, this was awesome. So, you think it was on, maybe, maybe it was Pernil. He's he actually tuned in and let us know that I never dropped off, and so no, yeah, he's well, the one who. Uh, well, so hold on, hold on. Uh, While you're pulling that out, just know we're gonna go over the digital the tools and it. the digital okay. marketing arsenal. This is I'm gonna give a, a punch in the face to Cap uh, Chatfield. Okay, uh, we're friends on LinkedIn. He has a, a marketing show as well. And uh, he said, ads get skipped, shows get binged, companies should create shows, the end. <laughs> uh, hashtag B2B marketing. Um, I, just, pretty good. I love yeah. that. And, uh, yeah. and uh, so I want to give a shout out to him. So you should be in the show making business. Yeah. Welcome to the SEO podcast. Uh, <laughs> all right. So one of the tools that Wilson talks about is advertising and he wor works with AdRoll. So he says at AdRoll, we classify advertising into two categories, retargeting and brand awareness campaigns. So the first uh, retargeting, uh, we, we've talked about this a lot. Um, the best ad dollar that you could possibly spend is a retargeting ad dollar, right? Yeah, you're, yes. you're you're getting cut off right in the middle with that light band, right? Yeah, it's it's really blinding, like purple cows everywhere. <laughs> um, so or yeah, so cows. <laughs> retargeting is your best dollar spent, and then brand awareness campaigns is is the other side of uh, of ad roll. The next is contextual targeting. So think of a hotel chain placing its ad in a travel magazine. Um, a big difference between, right? So so that's not actually targeting the consumer as the right income, the right age. It's just going after the context where the consumers who might be interested in a hotel would, would find themselves. A big <laughs> difference between uh, contextual targeting and other targeting methods is that contextual targeting doesn't rely on personal or behavioral data about the targeting audience which of course leads us directly into demographic and interest targeting. Uh, this is that, the opposite of what was just described. Demographic and in, uh, interest targeting leverages your knowledge of existing customers to find new customers. 
So suppose your customers fit into specific demographic segment or are interested in certain activities or subjects. You want to use the context, uh, the demographics to get in front of people who look like the people who are already your customer. This is why it is really important. You know, one of the early steps that we go through is defining the avatar for your business. Who is the person who's going to buy, who currently buys from you? And let's figure out what they look like, where they like to hang out, what they like to do, because then we can speak their language uh, with the ads that we do get in front of them, which, by the way, we can get in front of them because we know what they like to do, what they look like, what their age is, what their sex is. So so th that's an and what platform they're on and, and, and where to speak with them. Absolutely. Um, next is lookalike targeting. So this is similar to demographic, but debatably. The only thing that's important at this point on most platforms that are so saturated is, is the lookalike. Yeah. I would yeah. tell you that, um, I'm seeing like Facebook and Google being so saturated right now that the campaigns, even if you're targeting the right people, uh, are not as accurate. I, I'm like loving where you create the lookalike audiences based on a vast customer list and then let the algorithm go to work and you need to spend about a hundred dollars a day to to really let the algorithm really zero in and yeah. there's been nothing else that that i've been uh seeing as far as like running traffic like today that i've seen work better than that that's yeah. my two cents so just to kind of define this lookalike targeting a little bit better, but in, in, instead of manually defining the target audience segments based on a list of demographics or uh, interest attributes, you're actually taking your existing customers, feeding them into Facebook and Facebook is going, hey, let us figure out uh, what other people look like this. So it's very, Facebook's doing the same thing. It's just internal within their algorithm. Yep. Next is influencer marketing. Even before the digital age, digital age, it was common for big big brands to hire famous athletes or celebrities to endorse their products. Think Michael Jordan and Nike in the 80s. Today, influencers are social media personalities who have built a following with a particular audience. There are platforms to help you go after influencers. Um, I've been using quite a few of them. They're really good tools out there and uh, and, and pretty so, awesome. So Chris, like if someone sponsors a podcast, is it because they're trying to leverage the influencer's audience yes. to reach the brand? Yes. Like in, in the case of Spifu, it's just because they're really smart. Uh, well, I'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, they're trying to, that's, this is absolutely influencer marketing, right? Um, you could, but we could also fit it in a different class where some people look to our podcast as news, right? So it's just. It's, well, I was debatable because they're, they're launching um, a new type of AdWords campaign or they have launched a new type of AdWords campaign. And I almost felt like we should have like announced it. I think we need to do really like news announcements too, uh, as maybe separate from the podcast, algorithm updates, that sort of thing. Probably next year we need to change it up a little bit, do some more interviews, that sort yeah. of thing. There's, there's a lot of stuff I want to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that we're providing education or, or I think you say infotainment, yep. uh, and, and I think what he's referencing is where people are sharing uh, products or reviews. Uh, we're actually doing that 
for one of our clients as well. So we're running a back to school campaign and we're using uh, local moms uh, that want to get involved and support the brand to uh, help promote it. And uh, I think that happens a lot with political uh, campaigns as well. I think heavily you've seen all the movie stars uh, support different candidates uh, yeah. politically. Uh, and I know you're using it to, um, you know, push out different products or raise different awareness. Maybe you can speak to that more on some of your experience with influencers. Well, you, you, so so just to kind of why SpyFu might engage us. One, it, it certainly influencer marketing sits in there, right? Because we have some influence in the SEO marketplace. And the other can just be context, right? Because of the content that we put out there, maybe they don't like our lovely personality, but we're putting out the content that other SEOs would be absorbing. And so then that becomes a, a con context. I think I'm offended, what, Chris. I'm huh? offended by that statement. <laughs> <laughs> it may or may not even be possible. Yeah, so it's contextual targeting in in that case. In in terms of influencer marketing, um, there's a, a a platform called Intellifluence that I've used uh, really extensively, and and it's provided a lot of value. And I'll be honest, the value. Uh, where the value ended up coming from is uh, it was not where I expected it. So I was hoping like, hey, hire some people, they promote the product, and then we get sales. And you know, I'm pretty diligent about having links that I can track, track having um, coupon codes that I can track, and and it's been very difficult to actually track direct sales to these influencers. Um, some of them work for sure, and that tends to be more of like a podcaster, and I can spend more time. Uh, on the show with the podcaster. Um, but what has come out of it, which is extremely valuable, is testimonial videos, um, images like product placement images where, um, you know, different a variety uh, of demographic people are holding the product. And now I can use those in different ad campaigns um, and, and different landing pages. So, so making premium content, basically, making, or, or well, creatives. It, yeah. UGI, right? Or UGC. User-generated user content. Well, that's content. not really user-generated if you're generating it, but but it helps no, no, create no. content I, that I, others can share. They became users, like right? So it has the feel of user-generated content, oh, okay. right? Like I, I think we could, you're right, we could quibble about, well, is that really user-generated content? Um, and certainly we do a lot of push for that. In the case of getting an influencer, I mean, we send them the product, they become a user, and then they share it. Yeah, right? yeah, so yeah, yeah. It, it, it's in that realm for sure, and certainly has the the appearance of of user generated content. So that's what I found to be very valuable. Um, I also have a theory, and I'm working on testing this theory, is that in the influencer space, you actually have to spend a lot more money with people who have a lot more audience to really get those gains. And I think not only are the audiences of extremely influential people exponential, right? So you can find lots of people with 100 followers, a ton of people with 2,000 followers, lots of people with 15,000 followers. But when you get to the 100K followers, that starts to drop off precipitously. What? A million followers is, is, is almost unheard of. That's an exaggeration, but it's, and they charge a premium because they know that they're premium, but you actually get premium results with those. And that's, well, uh, that's but, but yeah, and it depends on the platforms on organic reach versus paid reach to be able to make sure that uh, 
their entire following or, or a, a larger percentage of their following actually see it. Right. And yep. so, uh, I mean, certainly Facebook and, and some of the other platforms has really, uh, hampered down on, um, just regular posts. And I'm also even seeing with shorts now, they're starting to kind of like shadow box kind of, uh, mm, what's yeah. going on. Um, it's usually like, what's the next big thing, right? It used to be like the live streaming, uh, was big and they would show that it's wherever they're trying to drive that, that algorithm. But certainly if someone has a lot of followers and, uh, they're doing one or two posts, they're probably not going to reach everybody. Right. So yep. you have to be more engaged with them. So that I think makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's pretty easy to find people who have, you know, lots of followers, lots of subscribers, if you're talking about YouTube, uh, and then you go look at how many people actually watch each video over the last 30 days, how many people have interacted or even just viewed their post if it's on Instagram. And you can like, it's pretty easy to tell, like, those are like, I, I make the judgment whether whether it's true or not, but it's practical for what I'm going to do next. Um, those are fake followers. You know, maybe they're real and they just don't interact with them. But that to me is a fake follower. That doesn't, it, it's not an influence. You want the raving fan, essentially. Yes. You want the raving we, fan that if they say, hey, this is awesome, this. you should yep. try it. Other yep. people take action. Yeah, right? that's exactly what you're looking for. Um, all right. So next is customer marketing. And I wasn't really familiar with this phrase. Ultimately, what it boils down to is pretty simple. The more people review a product and the higher the review rating, the more visibility and traffic a product gets. I think customer marketing could be that um, UGC that we were just talking about, that user generated content. Um, and in this context, he mostly talks about reviews, but there can be other types of, of UGC, right? There can be um, testimonial videos, unboxing videos. Um, I used your service and this is how good it was. Uh, I tried your service for 90 days. Again, reviews. So that UGC, um, he just called it customer marketing. Uh, and very important. You know, I, uh, I think it's so important. We built a platform during COVID that addresses that. And I just posted it. So if you're on social media, you can click on link. Uh, if you're listening, uh, and we appreciate you, protestimonial.com. I would go check it out. It's a great way to get, an easy way to get video testimonials from your clients to be able to share on your website or on social media to, to let people know how they're doing it. Because I think generating reviews is one of the biggest Achilles heels of let's say small businesses or even digital marketers or uh, long form sales letters, you want to get those videos, right? And yep. this is just an absolutely easy way to get it. Uh, I encourage you to go use it. We actually, uh, this is a value add to all our clients uh, so they can generate those testimonials and the conversion rate optimization, the SEO, it all works better when you have videos and testimonials on your site. For sure. And the key phrase here is super easy to use. So if you've, you know, maybe cater to an older clientele that, you know, is less internet savvy, um, you know, getting them to make a video and then get it to you in a reasonable um, uh, uh, resolution can be a significant challenge. Uh, it's, it's super easy with protestimonial.com.
All right, back on track. That was one of the 900 ads you'll see in the day. Uh, <laughs> and then digital PR is the last one that Wilson mentions. So it's all often considered link building 2.0. Uh, link building is acquiring links from other websites. Yeah, we know that. Digital PR focuses on bringing your brand to your targeted audiences through stories published in relevant and high quality publications. Again, being on our podcast, like SpyFu is really bringing their product to the audience that they're trying to get. So that's certainly fits into digital PR. Uh, because well-known publications usually have very strict link policies, digital PR pro, pro, uh, pro, prioritizes brand visibility and reach. So you may not get that high quality backlink. You may only get one and it may just be, you know, a link to your website. The anchor text may not be ideal. Um, what you're really looking for in this digital PR space uh, is, is awareness of the brand. So then they remember the brand next time they think about digital marketing, they just go search directly for EWR. They skip over Newark airport and then click the EWR digital. Well, we, we're, we're doing pretty well. We're doing pretty well because we're on other sides of the country. And many times it shows actually uh, both of them, mm. uh, depending on where you are and, and what's going on. And, you know, there's a lot more data uh, that these platforms can see. I think that my uh, two cents on digital PR is you have to be doing it. And that's something that we're doing a lot more of. I usually call it more of authority marketing but it is just true public relations and PR. That's the next tier or, you know, the SEO 2.0 or whatever you want to call it. But it, but it's absolutely critical uh, in this day and age. Uh, I was talking about the uh, Houston Texans campaign we did. I, yeah. I pulled it up. A great tool uh, to look at what's going on when you're running a PR campaign is criticalmention.com. And mm -hmm. uh, the campaign we did, uh, which, you know, do you want to show the video of that? Do you have that available? Uh, I we showed it. We showed it on the last. Oh we yeah. Showed, well. We showed that video and and really the the press release. But um, yeah, go back and total, listen. Go back to the last podcast. You need to be on YouTube, so go find it. I can pull it up. I have it on my desktop here. Um, I okay. can certainly yeah. do it. I can certainly show it. But 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 really, the point here because we're getting a little off track. The yep. point is um, really. We've done different kind of case studies with podcasts. Um, we did a case study with a podcast getting on different podcasts. It was about a 72x ROI. Yeah. Uh, and then this last not, campaign not that, that, that we did, <laughs> uh, total online news publicity value, right? Based on critical mentions uh, algorithm of how they calculated it, uh, 713544 dollars that was the that was the value of the campaign we did yeah. for let's say under 10 grand right that's, a, and, that's almost 3 quarters of a million dollars almost yeah yeah so uh digital pr works digital pr is certainly important you generate a lot of organic links uh the key is the offer is it newsworthy um you know is it quality content and and you know it's still possible to do people keep saying hey like we can't do that or it's too hard to do that we just did it okay you just did it and and it took a, a couple different components but we hit it out of the park 
Uh, it was a team effort and it was newsworthy. And a, you know, you want to be, field. and I think I said this, I think I said this on the last podcast, I can't remember, but you want to be in the PR cycle and the news cycle every 28 days. So yep. 13 times a year, right? Is is really what you're looking to do. And this is something that Google is looking for and incorporating with Eat. It's kind of authorship squared of, of what they're looking for, uh, people talking about the brand. So I think this article really does a good job and you really want to hit on that. PR needs to be part of your SEO strategy and it can certainly be done in local markets. It can be done in big markets, uh, but, but it needs to be done. It needs to be part of your SEO strategy. I think that, you know, you're starting to look at, you know, if he, how he's positioning it, right. You're saying there's technical, there's on page, there's off page, there's content, maybe there's G and B. Well, PR, I think has to be part of it. And I think that that's more of what he's saying than anything else. Is this a brand awareness? It absolutely should be a category. And certainly that's how we've been viewing it for the last, let's say two, three years. Uh, that's why we even started a videography company to be able to grab uh, the videos and to any example? be able to tell that story better. Yeah. Do you have any example of a video that, that okay. Or video? <laughs> okay. Yes, I do. Let me, uh, let me get this video playing. Uh, uh, okay. Let me see if I can find Yeah. And, and I think it's, again, we, like we talked last time in the podcast, come up with a different angle. You know, we could easily say, you know what, this what he's talking about here is kind of traditional digital marketing that's not necessarily SEO. And do we throw it in as a pillar of SEO? We could make the debate, but that's the purpose of this content. I, I, I we looked at it because we're like, hey, well, what is that fifth pillar? What do you think that fifth pillar is? That's that's smart content. All right, here we go, Chris. Well, you. Hey guys, I'm here with Matt Bertram of EWR. They just purchased the first box suite in NFL history using Bitcoin through BitWallet. Matt, how was the experience? John, the experience was so smooth. We were able to buy the tickets, making NFL history, very exciting. Love to be here, it was a great team building experience for all of the EWR team. <laughs> and we're just so happy for you, John. Uh, BitWallet everywhere you look, right it there, is, is. all over the place. This is amazing. We're happy to just be part of it. Thank you so much. The fastest, simplest way to buy Bitcoin is through the BitWallet app. Just so you can see, um, you can see we we actually have done a couple different versions of it for uh, like different pieces of yep. uh, uh, release. Who, who yeah. wants what? Who needs what? But yeah, it's it's really it's really powerful. It tells a great story. Gets a lot of engagement and all those shares okay um are links right and they're 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 a lot of branded links or uh url links and so digital pr is a thing do it yeah yeah <laughs> and, and that could have been the title of wilson's article digital digital pr is a thing do it <laughs> you know they probably ab tested it that might not have not done as well um, but but uh yeah <laughs> good decision well done patif to you wilson lau 
Uh, we appreciate that article. Really good stuff. Uh, you guys, all you guys out there listening, hey, make sure you subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe and click the notification bell. Uh, I know that we've got uh, Purnell out there. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, hopefully he's following us so he gets notifications on a regular basis. You guys have made us the most popular SEO podcast on iTunes. You guys have made us one of the most popular internet marketing podcasts on iTunes. Matt and I uh, could not be more appreciative of that. Um, well, I guess we could. We, we could ask you to do one small thing. <laughs> <laughs> Follow us on YouTube. That's youtube.com forward slash best SEO podcast. Connect with us on Instagram. That's instagram.com forward slash the best SEO podcast. And then on TikTok forward slash the at symbol best SEO podcast. Uh, connect with us on those. Subscribe there. Uh, reach out. Communicate with us. We want to hear what you're thinking, what you want to say, uh, what you want to see. Matt mentioned, hey, maybe we're going to do some more interviews next year. Um, let's, uh, let's hear what you think. And and it looks like Matt might be frozen. If Matt is frozen, also, then, oh, he's he's. I hear you. I hear you. He's there. <laughs> he's coming in and out. Um, thank you guys for making us the most popular internet marketing podcast on iTunes. Um, my name is Chris Burris. Matt is over there buffering, but he probably can press the button. It seems like he can hear me. Press the button to to wrap up the podcast. Oh, there he is. Yeah. He's back. I'm back. All right. So I'll just be quick and just. If, uh, You're freezing up again. We're getting... Time to go. <laughs> You're frozen. Press the button. You can do like, it's right there. All right. We are waiting for Matt to press the button. <laughs>